Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Welcome to the MLB Daily Podcast. We are your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I'm Brandon Karam. Alongside me uh, is L.J. LaFiora, baseball writer for Belly Up Sports. We are a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. We are what they aren't. Uh, L.J., how are we doing We are doing very good, Brandon. We are still spreading the news after two days ago. We are now a game removed, but we are still spreading this news back from New York, New York. But um, I'll tell you, yeah, no, I needed quite a bit of sleep after yesterday. That was a very rough time to come back recording around four or five in the morning, but we got through it. We've got a very short day, which is going to lead us to some very fun stuff. Yes, we do have a shorter episode today. Uh, we're not planning on on going over an hour, uh, but we're going to do only this. There's only three games today, so we're just going to run through those recaps, uh, do the PPP if we even have anything that we... I do. Okay. And then uh, we're going to do leaderboards, talk about Jared Kelnick. Kleenex. And then uh, we're going to go over what we would do to fix baseball just you know we had a a list of stuff written down for days like this when there was a lack of games uh to talk about and uh i don't know it's just gonna be a very open-ended segment lj and i both didn't prepare any notes for it. we're kind of just gonna go in there 
uh, blind. So yeah, I've, yeah. I, I, I think I know where I want to lead that thing first. Of course, this is something, this is a very uh, large topic, how to fix baseball. There's a lot of things you need to fix. So there's a lot of places we can and eventually will go with this. So this is certainly going to be probably a part one of many throughout the year or throughout the next, who, who knows how long. Yeah, as for that specific part of the episode, we'll try not to to bore you with just the same content. So that's why we will split this up into parts. Uh, we'll go for probably 20 or 25 minutes uh, just about, uh, yeah, how we're going to fix the game, but certainly part one of many. But uh, LJ, should we get into these recaps? Uh, looks like you got the bookends and I got the middle game. So we go that way. Uh no, yeah, I got the first two. So we will, oh, wait. You are the National yes. League this week. I'm the National League. This is a flip over. You see, you know, I didn't I didn't get much done with how long I slept. I'm kind of thinking it's a weekend. Huh. Okay. Yeah, so I've got the bookends here, and we will start in this Red Sox-Marlins game. This is the makeup of the rained out game from last Sunday. And it starts with, the scoring in the bottom of the first where Xander Bogarts manages to get on Raphael Devers is on as well. And a wild pitch manages to get just far away from John birdie to score Xander Bogarts bottom of the third and Christian Arroyo manages to get he work his way on base in ahead of Alex Verdugo who doubles into left field scoring him making this a two nothing ball game. Jorge Alfaro will score on Nick Pavetta in the top of the fourth on a day where, you know, this was by far one of the grittier wins they've had this season, I will say, because like Nick Pavetta, who has been lights out all year, did not have his best stuff coming into this game, but he, he found ways to get through this start very well and they found ways to win, but this is now a two, one ball game. The Red Sox add three more runs in the bottom of the fourth on RBI hits by Christian Arroyo and Alex Verdugo. In the top of the fifth, Starling Marte hit a deep shot to the very end of the monster in center field. And that 5-2 score would carry all the way into the top of the ninth, where Isan Diaz would double off of Adam Adovino and score one before this game will end at a 5-3 finish. Give the win to Hirokazu Sawamura in relief. He, of course, went an inning and a third with two strikeouts. The loss will go to Thompson, a Zach Thompson, the rookie for Miami that got his first career start today. The save will go to Adam Adovino. All right, on to the Royals and the Angels. And Los Angeles opens this up in the bottom of the first, scoring four runs. They get three RBI singles, first from Anthony Rendon. Hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. Max Stassi comes through with an RBI single of his own, and then Juan Lagares finishes it off. It's 4 nothing. Uh, after the bottom of the first. 
top two, the Royals uh, are able to score a pair of runs. They get a Jorge Soler homer and a Hunter Dozier double. It's four to two after two innings. Uh, the Angels did did all that damage in the first on another guy who is making his first career start today, Caleb Kowar, uh, for the Royals. So it's a 4-2 game after uh, two innings. Bottom of the fourth, the Angels are able to get another one on a David Fletcher single. Bottom five, Max Stassi with a two-run bomb, and it's 7-2 Los Angeles. And then a Witt Merrifield single uh, is all the, the Royals are able to get. 7-3, bottom eight, the Angels score on a balk. Final score, 8-3 to three, Los Angeles. Dylan Bundy with the win, his first on the year. Five and two-thirds, six hits, two earned, two strikeouts. He's now one and six. Give the loss to Caleb Co- or Jackson Coar, excuse me, not Caleb Coar, Jackson Coar of the Royals who made his MLB debut today. Uh, he goes two-thirds of an inning, three hits, four earned, two walks, no strikeouts, 40 pitches. Yeah, I mean, um, of course, of course, anytime you get this win, that's something that the Don is going to be very proud of. Hopefully they can get a few more, get Mike Trout back, and all of a sudden you've got them yourselves a really competitive ball club that forces themselves up into the upper ranks of this league. Somebody's got a couple guys eventually have to get bounced out of here, but, you know, I think they do have enough offensive talent where if they get in a run the right time, they're going to see themselves in this at least into August. I mean, the fact that the Angels almost have a better record than the Yankees right now makes me really nervous because we've done our fair share of bad talking the Angels, but both franchises are kind of in like a similar situation where they have talented players, but the rest of their roster buildup or roster makeup is just, I, I don't even know. It's just very not, not well constructed to the, to conform to today's game. Well, exactly. And what hurts the Yankees more is the fact that the angels have ha- allowed close to a hundred more runs than the Yankees pitching staff has, and there's only a three-game difference between these two teams' records. Offense is just so bad. It's just so bad. It's no bueno. The Don would not be pleased. The Don is not pleased with Gio at all. The the Orioles have outscored the Yankees by 17 runs, and they're 21 and 38, and the Yankees are 31 and 29. Like, it's insane how bad this offense has been compared to the the rest of the league. I mean, they were they're only outscoring the Tigers by six runs. The Tigers. I mean, they they have caught a bit of a hot stretch lately. Like, yes, fifteen out of their last twenty five. But I mean, really, have you seen this Tigers lineup? Like, who is making the All Star game on that team? Hey, I'm not sure what you're trying to do to a keel here, but I'm not liking it. Are we just going to skip over Spencer Turnbull too? Oh yeah. 
But like he's been Julio like, Girl Turnbull. Other than his one, you know, no hitter, he hasn't been. I mean, all star level. He hasn't been lights out. Honestly, you know, the when I look at it, I genuinely still get shocked by his numbers. Like that no hitter, like tanked his like not tanked his numbers, but like buffed his numbers a lot more than you'd think it would. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Let's go into this, get into this Cubs Padres game. We've got here two teams vying for their division and two te- uh, to one team that got pretty embarrassingly swept by the other on the road just last week. The Padres would start out scoring the first three runs of this game or four runs of this game, including a two run home run by Brian O'Grady, his first on the year. In the top of the fourth, the Cubs would answer back with an RBI, two RBI single by Jake Marisnik and a sack fly by Sergio Alcantara. And then they wouldn't score again until an Ian Happ solo home run in the seventh. Meanwhile, the Padres managed to get nine runs in this game, including a solo sh- another solo shot from Manny Machado and win this game nine to four. Give the win to Ryan Weathers. He pitched five innings, allowing three earned runs and four strikeouts. The loss will go to Albert Alzale. He went three innings, long four earned runs and four strikeouts. LJ, did uh, you happen to see the context of leading up to the the Manny Machado home run? I did not. So, the pitch prior to him going yard, he hits a little pop up in foul territory, and Anthony Rizzo is is running towards the ball, and he he puts himself under the ball then chooses to like jump up a little bit to catch the ball and he jumps and then the ball basically just hits him on the wrist and then hits the ground and he's standing right in front of Manny Machado and Manny's like oh like geez he dropped it okay like he has sort of that reaction next pitch throws him a pitch like way up out of the zone and just tomahawks a home run jeez because, yeah, and if I'm correct, I don't want to make a complete fool of myself here. I'm assuming, would that have been an error? Uh, so one of the errors? I want to say that they did no. give him an, yes, dropped foul is what they gave Anthony Rizzo. And then also, maybe Manny Machado doesn't get an RBI for driving himself in. I want to say that that's an error? the rule. Because he little- had... Or he had two sack flies, and then he had – was that a two-run home run? No, it was a solo home run. Okay, so it did count. I swear I thought that if you if you are hitting and you someone makes an error on a foul ball and then you hit a home run later in the at-bat, you don't get an RBI for driving yourself in because it's technically unearned. But – yeah, I mean, I don't see, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't. Honestly, okay, I think so it so it does count as an unearned run. It just doesn't count as it, it counts as an RBI, and yeah, then it counts a, as an unearned run for the Cubs. It's a very earned RBI. I mean, it's not easy to hit the ball oh, yeah. four hundred some on feet. Um, so no matter what, we're counting that RBI, even even if I don't like Machado. But I mean, yeah, I I think sometimes those stats get a little 
overly complicated with the way that they run things. Like, I like think our- there's a lot to keep tr- to keep track of when you're not like using a computer scoring system. Yeah, and it's like also like I feel like RBIs in particular should be so incredibly simple. Like you either hit the ball, which directly resulted in the run coming in, or you didn't, or like you did, or you walked and the guy got in, like you did something that positively impacted the play. And because of that, you, your team scored a run. That should be it. There should be no, can we get unearned RBIs? Like how many unearned RBIs do you have? You'll get like three a year. Uh, LJ, for the PPP, you have one here, and that is Gabe Morales, who was the umpire in the Sunday night baseball game. Yes, after Brandon's, you know, you're right. You're right. That was not, that was a that was a bad call. However, the way you were talking about it, and the way you talked the entire night. First off, you must be the world's greatest umpire ever if you can call balls and strikes down the left field line. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, I mean, not bad. You know, I would say that depth perception, certainly not the greatest, but I can see up and down. And I think yeah, I Brand- said that a couple Brandon times. Can't, I can tell up and down. Brandon can't tell depth. He can't tell color, but he can tell up, up, up and down. I can see up and down. <laughs> um, but no, so of course, this the umpire scorecard came out and I just kind of happened to check midday. And I almost fell on the floor laughing because, like, you look at that call and everyone's complaining about how bad that call was. First off, um, my dad pulled up. We had it recorded to try to show me where we were in the game. And the first, the first clip that he opened up to was Alex Rodriguez talking about how great a job Gabe Morales had done all night. It was like the middle of the sixth inning. He's like, we Gabe have to- is literally the, a curse. Like, he is the drake curse that there is in sports a rod being on commentary for your game it's just something stupid is going to happen in the game or he's going to say something stupid and you know i think i think both happened last night yeah because like he but the thing is a rod was 100 percent correct what until, would you until the ninth. until the ninth inning however regardless we've got the statistics here his overall call accuracy was 89 or 98% tonight that night. His overall consistency percentage was 99%. Now keep in mind the overall accuracy is usually the league average is 94%. So he's 4% above average with his call accuracy and 3% above average on in terms of consistency. As far as they can tell, he basically only missed four calls all night. And they were all just like widening the zone. It's just one of them happened to very much widen the zone. And not only he misses four calls, 
but the overall run favor is plus 0.9 for Boston. So it just shows you how it didn't, crucial it didn't win the game. Call. Like it, I mean, it was, but, but, but it didn't, but it didn't cost the game. Do I see a one up there? Okay. Like, okay. It's, <laughs> I don't see a one up there. The, the Red Sox did not lose by 0.89 or win by 0.89. No, they you got a one. minus 0.1 favor and we got minus 0.99. It's just how it is. I mean, look, LJ, he could – so, yes, he, he got 168 of 172 pitches correct. But out of those four wrong calls, somehow – the, the Red Sox were almost able to net a full run in favor off of four called pitches. Like, that is incredible, the amount of uh, influence that the ump has over the game at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's part of the game, though. Yeah. It's I, a very it, it's part of the human nature of the game, which, again, as we're going to go on to late, later, is something the humanity of the game is special it's unique it's something that has been overarching over the entire history of the game and i don't think that's something you can take away or should take away because overall having the humans everybody be in that same space having everybody back in the stands having ever having umpires be there making the calls having the relation full-on relationships within the game is a very crucial part of what makes baseball feel like baseball. Some some lady on this tweet, so on the Gabe Morales scorecard, she she says Jankies needed the umps on their side and still lost. What is she reading? How are they um, on the Yankee side? What is she reading? Why are why are you expecting people on Twitter to be intelligent? I mean. <laughs> I figure that they could read. No, no? they can't. They can't. They're literally, no. and if they can, they're so proud of themselves that they um, that they were able to read that they'll believe it. Like they'll believe anything that they are able to read. They'll hundred percent believe it. Don't have to go anywhere else to check. Don't have to think about things logically anymore. That's basically where we've gotten with social media. That's where we've gotten with this nation. And you know. Before well, I get more disappointed in my life and the people around it, um, well, let's move on. To the leaderboards. Yeah, leaderboards. All right. War for hitters. Vladdy Jr. is extending his lead quickly. He is at 3.5 war. Next closest is Nick Castellanos at 3. Ronald Acuna Jr. at 2.8. Xander Bogarts at 2.8. Cedric Mullins at 2.8. Yoan Moncada and Marcus Simeon rounded out, both tied at 2.8. Jesse Winker is 10th, uh, which I find interesting with uh, at 2.4 war. Uh, and that's because he has been a negative asset on a defense this year. But in terms of his offensive production, has been right up there with the best two or even best hitter in the league, arguably. So, yeah, interesting to see him down at 10. But, uh, yeah, uh, Vladdy Jr. extending his lead could be the first player to four-war very quickly. As for the pitchers, 
Jacob deGrom uh, has his rightful lead at 3.2, yet having pitched uh, one less game than Corbin Burns, who is next at 3.1. One less game, but uh, only one inning separates deGrom and Corbin Burns, which is incredible to me. Uh, So we have deGrom at 3.2, Burns at 3.1, Cole at 3.0, Zach Wheeler, Brandon Woodruff, Kevin Gosman all tied at 2.6, and then Nathan Avaldi, number seven at 2.2. Nasty Nate. All right, as for the home runs and some of the other hitting stats, let me grab my phone so I can look at it quickly. Batting average, Nick Castellanos leads at 359. His teammate Jesse Winkers behind him at 350. Vladdy Jr. at 333. Home runs, it's Vladdy Jr. in the lead uh, by himself at 18. RBIs is a two-way tie between Rafael Devers and Austin Meadows at 48. Pitching, it's Jacob DeGrom ERA, 0.62. Kevin Gosman's next at 1.27. Brandon Woodruff at 1.42. LJ, do you know who currently leads the American League in ERA who's qualified? So Lance Lynn is not qualified, but he would be leading the league. Uh, he would be leading the AL in ERA if he uh, didn't. But Can I have a hint? Sure. He is on a team in the AL West. Oh, Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson. He's got the bold on his baseball uh, reference page. Leads his league in ERA right now at 2.06. Yeah, honestly, you know, he's one of those guys where, like, you looked at his numbers before this year, and you're like, he's a he's a good pitcher. However, I'm not expecting anything from him. Yeah, no, he's, like, solid, but he's going to be on one of the worst teams in the league. So Like, he, I, figure, I figured, like, he wouldn't have anything to play for, and so it, the numbers wouldn't be good from the very get-go. But I've been pleasantly surprised over the past – week since I actually looked to see what he was doing at how well he's been playing, how much he's impacting a team that you, you, you can say has overperformed at many occasions this year, despite being 23 and 38. Yeah. uh, And, you know, I don't think I would say that about a lot of teams, but when you look at some of the names on this Rangers roster, the fact that they have won 23 games up to this point is really impressive, I think. I mean, LJ, just just a really quick look at this lineup here. Uh, I don't even know who, like, off the top of my head, who you could say their best hitter is. Is it Isaiah oh. Kiner Falefa? Is it Nate Lau? Is it Adalas Garcia? Like, other I mean- I guess, Garcia, yeah. I guess you're going to give it to Dallas Garcia or Nate Lau at this point. But let me say right now, we probably should have known that this is going to be rougher, a more rough year than we were giving them credit for or considering going into this year. When we actually paused to consider that we were saying this team can overperform if – this Joey Gallo, Chris Davis thing works. 
Anytime yeah. we're gambling on Joey Gallo and Chris Davis, it's probably not a good time to be in. Two of the most extreme three true outcome players in the league who literally only homer walk and strike out, and they're just planted in the middle of your lineup. And, I, and, and their batting averages are going to be a little bit north of the Mendoza line. Chris Davis will hit 247 like he does every year. Uh, but uh, but Gallo is the type to hit 40 homers with a 196 average or something like that. It's it's not good. Who Speaking of which, who was that? Oh, it's Adam Naval. Has like eight or nine home runs and a 196. Uh, so Joey Gallo in back-to-back years, 2017 and 2018, he hit 209 with 41 homers, and that's a 118 OPS plus. Then the next year he came back, he hit 206 with 40 homers, and that's a 109 OPS plus. So he, I mean, he basically proved that you don't need to hit above 210 if you want to be an above average hitter. You just need to basically hit a nuke every time that you do end up making contact with the ball. Um, you know, that's basically what Jackie Bradley does, except without the power. <laughs> Uh, LJ. Yeah, we have some very big news across the league, some news we talked about quite a bit going into this year that we were very excited for when it happened. And that was Jared Kleenex. Jared Kleenex came up. Oh, it's got to be about a month now. He's had his cup of coffee. And it appears that Jared Kleenex has now been blown back to AAA Tacoma. Yes, the man known as Jared Kleenex on this show, Jared Kelnick. He was the Mariners' top prospect, got called up. Uh, was it in during the beginning of May? Yeah, May 13th. Yes, it was like May 6th or something. Yeah, 13. Okay, thank you. And, you know, he's a 21-year-old kid, comes up. And has struggled. Only eight total hits in 23 games. He's eight for 83. He's on an 0 for 39 slide. And they're not going to let him try to even get out of this 0 for 39 stretch he's in. They just send him down. I mean, maybe, I mean, at what point, though, would you call it quits? Would, Would you say where he is right now is an appropriate time to send him down like yes because this has been i i think you're underselling the atrocity that has been oh trust me i just i just read the stats eight for 83 is is not no great but i feel like for your top prospect here you have to show a little bit more more leniency because quite frankly the yankees have a lot of players on their roster who aren't that more offensively productive than uh than a jared kelnick has been this year it, it's close um, like they're a little bit more productive but it's brandon, just brandon flat out he is batting 0.096 yeah 9.6 percent of the time he comes up to the back he gets a hit <laughs> You then take then can t- stop to consider the day that we all thought, hey, he's here. He's finally like 
he's ready for the major leagues. This is it. His second career game, I believe it was second or third, he went three for four. Of his eight hits, three of them came in one game. If you take that game out, he is betting .063. I think about now is the time to call it quits because this is starting to get embarrassing for him. And, you know, I think overall he's got a taste of this and he can go down, work the rest of this year out, wait until June to come up next year and hopefully be successful. You know, I think that it'll, he'll be back in September when the, the roster expands. or, or a Oh, yeah, he'll, ha- he'll have to be because they're not going to want to take him off that roster, which means we won't get to see him until July next year. Yeah, so... Uh, get that extra year in there. But, you know, uh, I'm going to at least take the approach. I'm going to just restart the hype train. You know, this, this uh, did not happen. He did not appear in the bigs in 2021. This was just, you know, you know, uh, Mike Trout also had a season prior to what was considered his his quote unquote rookie year, and he had an 89 OPS plus in 40 games. So certainly, this start to Jared Kalnick's career uh, is hopefully not. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready indicative of what he uh, potentially could do for the rest of his career. Yeah, exactly. And Hank Aaron had 40 errors in his first year of Sandlot League. I mean, we all grow from where we start. Yes. Uh, that was the stat little, that we, that was the one stat you took from the Bad News Bears. And that's the one positive thing I took from the Bad News Bears. <laughs> well, uh, actually, that is that oh, a yeah. good tangent to put, put ourselves on here? What, how much time are we at right now? Uh, we're at around 37 minutes. So yeah, we could go. Do we, about... want to compl- do we want to completely derail this and go for baseball movies? So we'll do how to fix baseball another day. And we'll just talk. I mean, let's figure out what, what, whatever you want to do. I am. Um, uh, oh, yeah. You know, I'll, I vibe uh, with both of them. You know, how about today? Instead of saying how we're going to fix baseball, we will talk through about 10, 10 or 15 minutes of some of our, our favorite baseball movies uh, just to end the show on a lighter note because, you know, LJ and I can get very critical of the league sometimes. So instead of having another day like that, let's uh, talk about some happy movies or at least, you know, some of the movies aren't happy. You know, there is some uh, more, more serious baseball movies uh, like one that we 
that was playing on the bus on the way back when we were coming back, and that was the Pride of the Yankees. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't I didn't watch a single bit of that. No, no, no yeah, offense to Lou Gehrig, uh, I but I mean, I was I was exhausted. I was hot. I was very happy and was wanting to go online. And the next thing you know, we were talking about college football for a long, long how long. Um, yeah, but in terms of yeah. some of them, just my my favorites, I mean, you certainly have to, uh, to break it up into categories. In terms of serious baseball uh, movies, Moneyball is up there. I think it gets – it's kind of like – it's a fantastic, fantastic movie, but I think it gets overrated by some people. Uh, they certainly – for what the 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 movie wants to cover, they do a great job. But you know, for us actual baseball fans, we know that not you know front offices don't entirely work like that the way that they showed in the movie. But still, that I think that that's a it's it's a great great movie. Uh, for those who have an interest in baseball and stats and that kind of stuff, uh, but. Yeah, in, in terms of, like, uh, comedy movies, there's so many good ones. I mean, there's Bad News Bears. There is Major League. There is so many just great movies that uh, fit the ter- the category of, of baseball comedy. Yeah, honestly, if you want to hear my, and then we can break into more of them in depth later on, if I had to list my favorites across the board, like, if we went – regardless of genre if we're talking about rom-com baseball comic baseball serious baseball we go number one the old my my old standard i could watch this every day of my life and be very happy fever pitch with drew barrymore and jimmy fallon next up we've got major league it's probably it's probably my favorite of like the you think about like the classics of baseball like the ones that people are always going to talk first come to mind when you would say baseball next from there field of dreams it is the baseball movie okay actually honestly i feel like that's a good a very reasonable take for me to make here like when you think of baseball movies field of dreams is like the first thing people think of right like the movie is synonymous with successful baseball yeah uh field of dreams is an interesting movie you know i like it it's a great movie it's not the the baseball movie for me though what is the i mean obviously it's not for me either like it's not my favorite however like that's one of the ones that you think of as like these are the classics yeah you know some of the classics for me are the natural moneyball 42 uh, is forty two? Yeah, you that? see, I was gonna put that down at like six for me actually. Um, to quickly go through, through these, um, where was I? Three. Summer Catch Four, League of Their Own Five, Forty Two Six. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, if I had to make a a list like like you did, I'm not sure I could properly rank them right here off the spot. But best. Like some of my my favorite movies here. So, like I said, Forty Two, a Moneyball, Rookie of the Year. Uh, we'll go 
the natural uh bad news bears is up there little big league is up there that's a great movie that they show on mlb network all the time oh yeah i mean i'm gonna divert the conversation a little bit here but lj do we like how mlb network is even during the season still shows of baseball movies yes because i mean football's got their their share of class like solid movies but I feel like baseball has the best overall overarching collection of sports films. And if you can suck more people into baseball through that, which I think you can, then by all means, let's pump them up. I mean, I'd sit down and watch one if I had the time and there was, yeah, I mean, if I had time to sit down and watch one, I would watch one if it was on. So, I mean, I'm all for it. So, LJ, let me ask you here. Uh, let's talk about a couple of them a little more in depth. Uh, you can just kind of pick whatever one, and depending on when the last time I saw it is, uh, that'll depend on how in depth we can go, of course. But uh, yeah, you know, when you 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 certainly have an interesting list there. We we both. I mean, you're more of a rom-com slash like less serious more relationship type type of movie and i'm more about the drama like the serious actual sports part of the movie but also i can i do not mind like that kind of television slash filmmaking either yeah honestly that that's just my entire taste in, in like film across even outside of the sports genre if it isn't either some form of like action movie or more so if it's a comedy like comedy above all else like that's that's most likely what you're going to be finding watching you're going to find me watching the office for the 16th time on reruns on comedy central before you'll watch me um on any of the new drama series on abc or something like that you know so that's just me but i'm gonna I'll throw this one out first just because I don't have admittedly a great list of baseball movies I've watched. Like I haven't watched as many as I probably should, but can we open this up with major league? Because I've been absolutely obsessed with this movie more recently than like ever. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about it. You know, Charlie Sheen, uh, absolute great job that he does in this movie uh wesley snipes if i believe yes it is wesley snipes wesley Wesley snipes and you know in terms of a funny movie about baseball this is like right it it should be up everyone's alley because it's like pretty fast paced from the start not only is it fast paced from the start but like They've, they somehow found a way to walk the line between fast pace, a million one-liners, and yet having none of the one-liners be dropped. Like, every single one of them elicits something. The, I have to look it up just so I don't miss any now. But the, only, the first one that comes to mind every time, I almost pee my pants every time. Are you telling me that Jesus Christ couldn't hit a curveball? <laughs> yeah. And the Jobu just... And it's like, it's such... 
so such ridiculousness because like of course it's all supposed to be wacky antics on this team but like they found the perfect ways to make these like great players like mortal like Najobu can hit this ball like 500 feet whenever he wants if it's a fastball yeah and Wesley Snipes is Willie Mays Hayes can do everything athletically except hit the baseball great fielder he can he can run like Hayes and hit like Mays well at least that's that's what he says <laughs> his first trip to to the the batting cage proved that uh he he could not hit no it, it was it, it was rough I mean this is this is an absolute classic from a comedy standpoint like I think this is a one that if you're a comedy fan you need listening to and watching and taking note of even if you don't like baseball so uh, actually I'll give a little bit of a recap as to what the 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 movie is about just just so for those if you have never seen uh major league basically this I guess the best word is Las Vegas showgirl uh named Rachel she inherits the Indians from her dead husband uh she hates Cleveland though wants to move the team to Miami and there is an escape clause in the contract of the team saying that I think if the attendance is like lower than 800,000 for the entire season, they're allowed to relocate. And so they, she essentially tries to make the team finish dead last to reduce fan interest and to be able to relocate the team to Miami. So they put together the worst team in the MLB. Uh, they hire uh, a triple A manager. They f- they hire some g- guy to be their GM who was a former manager. It's just like, how can we run this team into the ground? But then we also have all of these great characters uh, on the team, like Willie Mays Hayes, like uh, Roger Ball. Dorn, the third, the star third mm-hmm. baseman, who's the only player who can actually kind of do anything. But he's so egotistical and so like self-centered that I don't know. It really fits the culture of this of this uh, so well. And I'll say we haven't even talked about our main character yet, which which is Charlie Sheen. No, we haven't. Which is the one that Brandon's watching here chuckle as I go through the best moments of Major League, and that's his Major League debut as announced by Harry Doyle. Who is Bob Euchre, by the way. Yes. So I'm just going to go through it. Vaughn into the windup. His first offering, just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Ball four. Ball eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. Boy, how can these guys lay off pitches that close? (laughs) And it was just, you know, every single one of them was more atrocious than um, Adam Duvall's throws today in the Red Sox game. He like he whiffed on like three throws to the plate in the same inning. It was it was comical at best, um, but no, I mean this is a great movie. You know we talk about that scene. However, who we what we haven't talked about yet is the fact that Alex Cora and AJ Hinch were both in this movie. Uh, uh, uh. 
No, but no, yeah. I, I joke about it basically being the same thing as the Astros every single time I watch it because as part of the comedic relief of this whole thing, you've got the grounds crew, which is these two Asian men who don't speak English, but in English subtitles, just spend like the entire movie every single time they're turned to just shitting on the team. And they're finally like they get into it during the playoff run. And all of a sudden you see them in the corner on, on the side of the field, banging on metal chairs. And I'm like, Oh, they're tipping the pitches. I mean, it, it, it couldn't be more obvious. They got, somebody's got to throw these, this Cleveland Indians team out, strip them. The Cleveland Indian. I don't even know. There's no way to make an asterisk into Cleveland Indians, but. Also, so I don't want to spoil too too much of the the movie in case you people haven't seen it. But uh, the one one of the players I forgot to mention is their their catcher. I think his name's Jake Taylor. Yes. And the story behind him is that he's been playing in in uh, Mexico for the last couple of seasons, and he's had such bad knee issues that he can't throw the ball from. The, the catcher spot to uh, second base on the fly. He has such bad arm strength, such bad knees that he can't get the ball there on the fly. And it's just, you know, we we get to really see this team's shortcomings become all clear when we get to spring training there. And it's just so much going on. There's just, you know, you have the whole Charlie Sheen wild thing just his his entire character where he is this closer that is just you know has a very good fastball but no control over it comes in you know all the fans are going crazy for him uh but yeah major league overall i mean just a very funny great movie that has like a good plot from the start that honestly keeps you interested the whole way and very much needed comedic relief well spread throughout yeah make sure you check this out i just looked and checked it is on hulu so if you have not seen it if you want to see it again and you have a hulu subscription 100 percent go for it we recommend brandon were there any other movies that you were drawn to you know uh i've never really talked to you a lot about a Moneyball. Oh, Moneyball. Okay. Do you have you seen it a couple of times or at least once? Or I've seen it a couple of times, not in the last like six years. I mean, overall, what do you remember? But I remember it being absolutely fantastic. I honestly, you know, I was I was young, like for the actual nitty gritty. It, it went into quite a bit of nitty gritty within the yeah. management of the team. However, even for that nitty gritty at, at the age I was watching it, I was absolutely hooked. And of course, part of that comes down to the fantastic acting performances. That was Brad Pitt and that was Jonah uh, Hill, yeah. Jonah Hill, yeah. Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill were both fantastic in that. I mean, from an acting standpoint, that partnership has to go up there in terms of the best acting in sports movies. And, and not only does Brad Pitt and, and uh, Jonah Hill do a great job, but they have Philip Seymour Hoffman portray uh, the Oakland A's manager at the time. And 
he does a great job, especially when you learn throughout the 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 movie. You know the sort of role he has and the relationship he has uh, with Brad Pitt, who is of course the GM of the Oakland A's, uh, takes over and or well, this is so I believe they start the the movie at the end of the two thousand and one ALDS. Uh, and then it's all about the 2002 season. But basically, if you haven't seen Moneyball, Oakland A's in 2002 are one of the least. Uh, they are one of the what's the word I'm looking for here? Cheapest teams in the league. They don't spend money. Uh, they're losing their players. They're they're great players. Yeah, they they basically teams. had all of their best players walk out the door the last year because they couldn't aff- afford them. And it's not that they well, it's they couldn't afford them, and also they just don't want to spend the money. Yeah, I mean that's like, that's so that's much. I mean. Like within within their budget, they can't. And so then you uh, have all these guys sitting here in this. It's this old school front office, and they're saying, you know, what? what how are we going to make this team better? And the the entire movie is about how uh, Brad Pitt, who is the GM is able to go and find this assistant GM who is much more sabermetric based with his approach. And, and um, before sabermetrics were like a, everything and every, anything and everything. Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy to think that sabermetrics like that, I mean, just, just basic stuff like on base percentage and that wasn't really looked at until the mid two thousands. I mean, these front offices were pretty much operating like dinosaurs for the first 90 years of the game. And then they realized, and it's so impressive how good some of those teams that were built early on in the game too. Like you think about all these great teams in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and these were all front offices that didn't have nearly as much information as we do now. And there were still some incredible teams. I think it just goes to show how evolved the sport of, of, of baseball has become. And this well, in and this a movie does a great job of showing a big step. I will say, like, this is how top-level people and top-level companies operate, is they find ways to win. And, I mean, I think the, arg- the argument towards that is there was no real need for this before the 80s, 90s, 2000s, as basically all of American sports the financial systems started to tighten up. Like back in the day when you had teams that would go on incredible dominant stretches, they were usually huge markets with huge fan bases that first off, like if you're looking for the top players in the game, you can usually find that based on the eye test. Even now you can tell that Ronald Acuna is different than, um, I'm trying to think of a middle a Hunter Renfro. I'm, I'm just throwing a name out there that's a middle of the pack. Like you can tell there's a there's a tangible difference at that at any position. So these bigger markets can just go we're, we're able to go out and just spend whatever ridiculous money they were willing to pay to get the best team possible in a lot of respects. Like the financial systems over the past 20, 30, 40 years have stricted and th- made things so strict that more competition and more teams are able to be competitive. And so with that, you have to find that edge. And Oakland was able to find that edge in this new era before anybody else. And as other other teams started to do that more and more, they became more successful 
because they could acquire the back end of particularly the back end of their group, their roster much cheaper than they used to. Like they could find the guys that they wanted that would fit their, their style and what they were looking for at much lower prices than they would be going for the guys that like normal, like the magazine would tell you that you should be going for, which leaves them with a lot more options open. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it goes so in depth as to specifically the trades that they were making during this 2002 season, how the team was playing. Uh, they have, a you know, a very, I'm not going to try to spoil any of it, but you can just go and look up the, the, the 2002 Oakland A's uh, season results. It pretty much follows their season to a T. I mean, they go through the five or six crucial crucial moments throughout the season. Chris Pratt uh, was in this? You didn't know? Chris Pratt is like the, one of the main characters in the movie. Again, again, Brandon, I keep in He's mind. He's a player. I, He's a player. I remember like, I remember the plot. However, I don't like remember like everything about this movie. He is Scott Hatterberg. He is the first baseman who yeah. they bring in. Oh, he's the one that was. He's he's the guy. Yeah. He's the yep, guy. Yep, yep. He's the guy. It's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, of course, I just I did just look it up. It's somehow like everywhere. This movie, uh, Hulu, Amazon Prime Video, um, Showtime, anytime, Apple TV, you can rent it there. Just about anywhere you want to watch this, you can watch this, and it's a fantastic look. I mean, I'm trying to think of, I'm still trying to find a good comp for the pairing of Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt because it just worked out. It worked so well with both, with it looked like it was each other raising their acting performance. You know, also, I think that this is one of those those movies that is so unique. I mean, there's not a lot of movies that are set like this that, you know, go in depth to sports like this at such both an analytical and a emotional level i mean there's a big emotional plot to this mm. to this this movie and you don't see that kind of cross in the into the sports genre especially when it's so heavily uh analytically based like like this one is for points of the movie so yeah moneyball yeah i mean again honestly you know what i'm gonna go ahead and say it this is the closest movie in my of mine of my memory in terms of the top two pair like the number one and number two actors their talent to ford versus ferrari it would be the closest thing in terms of like most recent release I have not seen that, but I really want to. It, yeah, I, from everything I've heard, it's very good. They're they're incredible. It's in, it's incredible. This movie's incredible. It's very close to that one in terms of the top the top two in that. Well, uh, I think that's a good spot to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, unless there unless there's any other movies you want to talk about. Um, Shout out to 42. I haven't watched it yeah, in a while, but I have very fond, fond memories of it. Field of Dreams, of course, always the 
Field of Dreams, Bull, Bull Durham, The Natural, you know, those are all ones that are a league, of their, a league of Their Own is also a classic. Like, it doesn't, like, I feel like A League of Their Own is a brilliant movie. It doesn't stand out anywhere in particular for me, though. Like, I still put it in my top five baseball movies. However, if I had to pinpoint exactly what worked for me, there's not a direct, like, full-on spot that I'm like, this is the reason why I watched this movie. It's just a solid all-around movie. Yeah, no, it's solid. It's it's not your it's not your superstar player, but do they get the job done when you need them to? Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say Chris Chris Middleton, but with the way he's played the first two games of this this playoff series, it's definitely not. That's I I I can't do uh that 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 movie to like that. Uh, it's it's no, you can't do it that a bit of a movie to you know talk about a guy who's basically going like seven for 20, like two nights in a row, but it doesn't matter. It's a baseball podcast. Yeah. You guys get it. <laughs> yeah, no, a 42 is a really good one. Uh, you know, of course, very serious. That's definitely not, you know, one that you can kind of uh, go into and think that you're going to be, I don't even know what the word is. Just it's a very serious movie. Uh hmm. And it very well produced, edited, acted. That's a lot, yeah. Again, again, we're talking about filmmaking. There is talking about excellent leading men. Chadwick Boseman, Harrison Ford had both had a lot of screen time in this movie. That seems to be a very good. um, Actually, that seems to be a good like indicator of success for a lot of baseball films. Like, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of it comes down to the story and the script as well. However, you think about some of these ones that we've mentioned where there are like clear standout people that were brilliant in these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Costner, Field of Dreams, uh, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, both of them were talking about a minute ago from Moneyball. Chadwick Boseman was brilliant in that role. Charlie um, Sheen. Charlie Sheen stole that, steals that movie on. Oh, really? There, yeah. There's a lot of guys that steal that movie on multiple occasions. So, like, that might be the secret to it. I mean, of course, Sandlot. Of course, you don't really have um, any real like anyone that's stealing the show. It's just a solid all around movie. But like, that might be the future of like how you figure out how to do many of these movies. Is you get your guy and you go through here bang the drum slowly i haven't seen it but i see robert nero on this list so i assume that also has to follow that same idea uh yeah bang the drum slowly is really interesting it's basically about a baseball player who is robert de niro and it is about this baseball player who has a a a terminal illness and he doesn't let anyone know at first that he is terminally ill and he's the catcher of the team. Uh, I won't spoil much more because I, I honestly, I, it's hard to not spoil anything, but uh, really good, good movie. It's uh it's a film adaptation of a book that was wrote in the 1950s. Uh, it's, I believe it closely follows a real baseball player, somewhat of a real player or like the the idea 
the, the concept. That's what I'm looking based, for. Based on, yeah. Based on, yeah. Jeez, I, I mean, if I could find the word. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Bang the Drum Slowly, really, really good movie. Uh, LJ, do we have anything else? or? I think we're pretty well set here. All right. Well, uh, thank you for stopping by listening to this episode of the MLB Daily Podcast. Uh, Of course, a shorter one today, only three games, but we got our film critique hats on for a little bit. Uh, Certainly enjoyed that, but thank you for listening. Uh, Be sure to check us out on Twitter, our daily trivia contest at MLB Daily Pod win some merchandise at the end of the year if you perform well enough make sure to follow me on twitter at brandon underscore carom and lj is at lj underscore vp underscore lafiora it's gonna do it thank you for listening and uh we'll see you tomorrow see you mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Winner.